This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Well, since my baby left me, well, I found a new place to dwell. Well, it's down at the end of Lone Street, that heartbreak hotel. Well, I'll be, I'll be just a lonely baby. Well, I'm so lonely. I'll be just so lonely. I could die. Although it's always crowded, you still can find some room for broken-hearted lovers to cry there in the gloom. Be so, be so lonely, baby. Be so lonely. Be so lonely. They could die. August 16th, of course, big tribute day. We played Aretha Franklin earlier. She died on this day. And, of course, this man right here, the king, Heartbreak Hotel, Elvis Presley, also died on this date. In fact, our mutual friend, John Cirillo, reminding us that Aretha, Elvis Presley, and Babe Ruth, all three, passed on this date, August the 16th, the queen of soul, the king of rock, and the Sultan of Swat. And, in fact, John Cirillo is writing a book right now about this particular date, similar to the Gene Simmons book, where he did a book on all the famous 27-year-olds, 27 that all died, all 27, from Jimi Hendrix to Kurt Cobain to, uh, who's the young girl from uh, London? Um, she was uh, very Amy young. Winehouse. Amy Winehouse. to Jim Janis Morrison. Joplin Jim to Morrison, all of them. Yeah. By the way, Jim Morrison is alive. He is alive. Well, He's not know, in that cemetery uh, listen, in Paris. I'm sorry. A lot of people think the movie Eddie and the Cruisers, Michael Parry's character, Eddie, where he drove off the cliff and died or drove into the water, and the next scene he's standing outside a TV store watching himself on TV. They think that's based loosely off of Jim Morris. Of course, and yeah. it does. What a great group. But anyway, I hate Elvis, but I asked Lou to play that song because, first off, you two guys passed that mobile station on the Bell Parkway where they charge like $9 a gallon. Yeah, at, at exactly, uh, for folks who are interested in this, it was exactly 4.23 a.m. this morning in a driving rain. And I remember uh, how often we'd hotwire cars in Canarsie before they chop them up. <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden, the guys pulled into that mobile station. And back then, uh, gasoline caused nothing, but we didn't have enough money. So they tell me, the young guy... Here's the garden hose, siphon some gas because there were no gas caps. And, man, I got so stoned from that because you do that high test, right? Yes. You take that in. And we had to pull over at Plum Beach and abandon the car there. And I had to struggle <laughs> to get back to exit 13 on the uh, Bell Parkway, the Canarsie exit. But I will tell you this. Elvis, right, died on the Porcelain Palace, 1977, this day. Yeah. Uh, he was the one person in the world that consumed more drugs than you, Sid Rosenberg, in your I, lifetime. I, is that true? I don't know about that. I know uh, he did a lot of painkillers. Oh, but yeah, but uh, he also he was, was also a, fat and out of shape. And a DEA agent. Remember, it was Richard Nixon who made him the DEA agent, which was such a joke. Is that right? Yeah, he gave him a badge right in the White House. Oh, that's true. You're right. I do remember that now. Yeah. Now, the reason I bring this up oh, is... Oh, by the way, the, he died, you mentioned that summer of 1977. We always talk about... The Yankees beating the Dodgers in the World Series. Reggie Jackson hitting three home runs off three different Dodger pitchers. The blackout, the anniversary was a couple of days ago. Son of Sam, 
But we should add the death of Elvis Presley. Death of Elvis Presley, and you mentioned the Yankees, and I mentioned, oh, Mel Hall with a 15-year-old. <laughs> Elvis <laughs> Presley with a 14-year-old. Yeah. Jerry Lee Lewis, a 13-year-old. And Chuck Berry with a 14-year-old. But because they were Mr. Big Stuff, who do you think you are? We said nothing. We did nothing. We kept our mouths shut. And then remember, over and over again, you said, what are these three-eyed cousin fornicators thinking that they could have sex with 14 and 13-year-olds? Yeah, but they're stars. Mel Hall had a blonde-haired, blue-eyed white girl with him at every Yankee game in the box. And nobody said, well, you know, it yeah. looks like something strange is going huh? on here. You know what? Now that I think about it, that should have been Anthony Weiner's defense. I mean, he didn't have sex with these. He just Exactly. Him. He's exactly. like, I mean, give me a break. You put me in prison. Look what Elvis did. Unbelievable. <laughs> so you notice my tribute to Elvis couldn't be any worse a tribute that a person could give when somebody is dead. But last night, I happened to walk the grounds of Creedmoor. You did? No security. Was that the first time you were there because you were actually a patient back in 1976? Uh, could well have been with uh, <laughs> Lou Reed and Woody Guthrie. You know, they were housed there. Lou Reed was yeah. there? Lou Reed was there. Woody Guthrie was there. At one time, it had 7,000 patients on the 300-acre campus. When did it close? Uh, no, no. It's still open. Partially open. In no, fact, but, there, but there are no psychos out of there. Oh, there? man. You don't want to go to building number 40. That's in lockdown. Those are the severely so emotionally. Still there? Yeah. That's like Jack Nicholson over the cuckoo's nest right now? Worse. 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 Now, yeah. why was now, again, I, I love uh, this history stuff, and you're great at this. Lou Reed uh, loved him, great performer. Why was he there? He went nuts. He... Well, between the drugs and nuts. Remember, he used to have a spike in his arm. He didn't even take the hypodermic out. He just said, keep loading it with heroin. <laughs> really? He used to roam on the Lower East Side. He was a dope fiend, hardcore dope fiend, with severe psychiatric problems. And so he was housed at Creedmoor. They let him go. They put him back, let him go. But in walking the 300 acres last night, by the way, no security. Absolutely no security. I'm walking around like I own the joint. Ghosts galore all over the place. And then I look at these two. Hold on. You actually think you saw a ghost? Uh, no, I heard them. You heard them? Oh, yeah. The screaming, the howling. They used to do lobotomies there. They used to give electroshock. What is that show that uh, Lady Gaga did a great job on? I believe it's on FX. American Horror Story. Yes. You you sound like you've been watching a little too much of that. No, no, no. I was on the ground. one season where they had like a psychiatric ward, and then they said it was haunted and all that stuff. No, no. About, definitely there it is. You heard voices last night. Absolutely. I heard the screams of people screaming. in the past who were getting electroshock, <laughs> lobotomies. No, that was a bad place. Now... They have people who are housed there who are able to go, come and go as they want. I, I, I met a guy the other day. I did a video. I posted it. He walked right off the campus. Well, you mean somebody who is crazy? Yes. He can just come and go as he wants. There is no security at Creedmoor. And now they're going to bring in a 1,000 single able-bodied guys with nowhere to go and nothing to do. And the tent last night, it started to rain. So I'm talking to these guys from Texas. They got a construction ad on. They're making mad money off of us. He goes, look, it's already, the, the tent is already leaking water. It already, already is. leaking already. water. Jeez. 
If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at info at GaboLaw.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. Listen, I got to tell you, you know, I, I've been over this before. Anthony Carone, my good friend, and Keith and uh, Governor Patterson. Oh, by the way, can I make a comment? Bill O'Reilly was so right when he said, what? You went to a Pittsburgh Pirate game? Yeah, on a Monday night in the I rain. Mean, did they give them free tickets, <laughs> and that's why you slept along? Uh, we had a nice steak dinner, too. I but... understand, but that's like the worst possible ball game you could <laughs> go. Bill O'Reilly couldn't have been more spot he on. He did nail it, but uh, I had a great time with Governor David Patterson, and then I invited him on the show yesterday, and... I feel kind of bad. I, I I beat him up pretty bad. No, no, no. Not, not, not bad him. enough. Not, not bad, bad enough. enough. And then he, uh, as I'm blaming Eric Adams, not solely Eric Adams' fault, but certainly until he calls out the border, until he mentions Biden by name, what Patterson doesn't admit is when Adams says the federal government, what he means by that is I can blame the White House, but I can also blame Republicans. He's constantly talking about the lack of immigration reform. So when he says the federal government, he's excusing himself from really taking a shot at the one guy that deserves it, the President Joe Biden. It's cowardice out of Mayor Adams. So I beat up Patterson pretty badly here yesterday. And then he went after you. And he said some things about you that were not very nice. Well, guess what? He's going to be surprised coming up real soon. Who pimped my ride, who moved into my condo with my wife. Who banged your wife. Didn't even pay any rent, right? I'm paying the mortgage, and then I find out they're not even using the mortgage payments for the mortgage. Guess what, Governor Patterson? You made the worst mistake in your life yesterday, maligning me and hanging. And you're the Maytag to Eric Adams. You know he's a lobbyist now. Uh, Patterson, he makes money lobbying. He puts his beak in the trunk. He doesn't want to offend Eric Adams because he's looking for contracts. You say contract, I say kickback. You know what this business is all about. Come on, no, said I Rosenberg. Know, so my friend Lynn, who's going to show up at this uh, big event with you later on tonight, her and her friend Katie, she says the nuts ran around Glen Oaks assaulting people. Yes. They were beating up people. Absolutely. Is that true? Absolutely. They walk off Creedmoor. They walk through the neighborhood. Now imagine. Between the psychos walking around from Creedmoor, you got a thousand single able-bodied young men with nothing to do with high levels of testosterone in Buffalo, right? Outside of Buffalo in Cheektowaga. The county executive there said, give me your tired, give me your poor, because you're giving me money from the city to house them. Two rapes in a row, back-to-back, belly-to-belly. One guy rapes a female worker in a no-tell motel. From Venezuela, the next night, a guy from the Congo rapes a female worker in another no-tail hotel. Really? So the county executive of Erie said, Eric Adams, you lied to us. You told us these people were vetted. We don't want any more of your illegal aliens. We don't care how much money you give us. Keep them in New York City. There's no vetting process. Sid, we don't know who these people are. No. I see them walking around with MS-13 marks on their neck. 
and and we're rolling out the red carpet. They're getting things that average citizens don't get. Right, the homeless certainly don't get. You made that amazing video, 110th Street in Central Park. I brought it up on Lawrence Jones on Fox News. Some of your best work you've ever done, Curtis, and you do a lot of really, really great work. So you're going to go there tonight. And uh, is Ornstein going to be there? Yeah, Eric oh, Adams oh, called oh. him out. Eric Adams was on the front steps of Brooklyn Borough Hall. And he said, he said, New Yorkers, please don't turn against each other. This is what the enemy wants. Who's the enemy? Yeah. Maybe you can find out because, you oh, know, I, I don't have any comment. I, I, I know who it is. The who's, enemy who's, is who's, who's the enemy? Well, he's referring to people like you and I. Ah. Anybody who criticizes the mayor or City Hall about the migrant crisis, we are now, quote-unquote, the enemy. We're not concerned New Yorkers, we're the enemy. Then he went on to say, this city is supposed to be displaying what the godlike spirit is. And it doesn't mean stating that we don't want these people. Well, guess what? I don't want these people. I'm going to say it. Let me say it very, exactly. very loud, Eric. We I don't, don't want these people. Want these people. No, these are you. not Americans. And by the way, hey, Eric, Jesus Christ threw the moneylenders out of the temple. And you're getting wine, dine, and pocket line. These are no-bid contracts. Can you imagine this? Because of an executive emergency, he gets to spend whatever our money is, and he doesn't have to answer. Are these friends of Eric Adams? Are they getting wine dined in pocket line? Where's our money? Remember, he said it costs $4 billion. Then all of a sudden, after one month, it costs $12 billion. <laughs> that is what you call common core math. I didn't understand that when my kids yeah. had an understanding. And our owner-operator, John Katsimatidis, last night was magnificent. He was great. His OEM stooge, Office of Emergency Management. Oh, John killed him. Oh, killed him. Killed him. What about Rikers? What, nope. Everybody's saying, what about uh, Rikers? We've been saying that, bro. I said the same thing to Louis Molina on this show. Exactly. And, and what did this guy say? Well, you know, it's very complicated. No, no it's not. it's not complicated. No. There's no. a bridge... There's only one way in, one way out. There's empty buildings. John has been saying this since day one. Yeah, he's been great. There, but there's no kickbacks on Rikers Island, you so see? So it doesn't work for these guys. Of course. Of course right, it doesn't right. work for them. So, so the big question is, coming up at 7.05 tomorrow morning, when we do this great segment every day, which a lot of folks look forward to, a lot of folks, more than you even know, will you be here? Or be behind bars for the 78th time. No, I could well be behind bars for the 78th time. <laughs> the problem here is that the DA in Queens is Melinda Katz, the mother of my two youngest sons, Carter and Hunter. Yes. Now, my contract when I came back after losing to Eric Adams uh, for mayor with John Katzmatidis, he said, you got a 30-year no-cut contract, except you only get paid for the shows you do. That's why I'm always on the air. I got a lot of child support. <laughs> so anytime it, it's available. In fact, coming up, Brian uh, Kilmeade is away. I'm going to be Brian Kilmeade. I need the money. Is that again today? Oh, of course. I need the money. So you understand, uh, she's got to make sure that I get cut <laughs> loose in order to appear with you at 7.05. Oh, because if not, I see, don't now, get any money from John and she doesn't get any child support. Now it's all becoming increasingly clear to me. So my friend who runs as a Democrat, yes. but even you agree is more Republican, and he's running again in November, my friend Judge George Grasso. I brought him on a couple of times. I've endorsed him. You were very, very tepid, but now it makes sense. As much as you despise Melinda Katz, she's the mother of your children. She'll keep you out of jail. You need her. You need her. Uh, who's running against her? What's that guy's <laughs> name? <laughs> By the way, he was at our rally. Our rally last week with 4,000... He had a smile on his face as he was listening to the speeches. 
But you know, I can't cross that Maginot no, no, line. No, I get it. I get it. So, Sid, I'll get locked up. You'll never see me for three. I'll that. be the only person who actually gets remanded to jail. No bail. <laughs> you can kill people in New York City, and the DAs will cut you loose. Oh, give them a, a desk appearance ticket, a disappearance ticket. But tonight, the march of the walkers in the wheelchairs, there will be dozens of us who will be arrested in an act. Tracing back to Mahatma Gandhi, civil disobedience, this will be my 78th arrest. My last one was outside a Gracie mansion when I was serving papers to Comrade Bill de Blasio when he had me arrested. I was so proud of that. But this one will be my proudest arrest wow. of all. That's saying a lot. What time does this uh, oh, 7 o'clock? Come on, everybody out there. Come to Hillside Avenue. That's the entrance to Creedmoor. You're going to see thousands of people out there once again. And we're not going to stop. We're basically saying, these are not our people. These are your people, Eric Adams. These are not our Americans. These are your people. What about black people who are in, living in the subways, in the parks, on the streets, emotionally disturbed, without money, indigent, poor? You got elected. You said you would take care of your peeps. And now you told all black people, to the back of the line. Because I am the puppet chulo of the illegal aliens. They're going to get me to be president in the future. Once they're able to vote, I'll get the black vote. I'll get the Hispanic vote. And then I'll be el presidente over my dead body. I'm ready to go to jail. I hope the rest of you will follow me. Because this is the first protest with civil disobedience and many more to come. Illegal aliens, go back to where you came from.